You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? I almost held my breath for 20 seconds there, Sid Talk. <laughs> Why? We were doing 20 seconds of uh, recording the silence in the room, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought I'd hold my breath while I was doing it. Fascinating. I almost died. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> almost, you said. Almost, you told, hold your breath, but you didn't. That's true. So uh, what's the before, the after the I show? Know, that'd be really interesting to listen to. Let's have a breath holding contest right now, starting on one, two, three. I'm, uh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. You win. I win. What's the before, the after the show discussion? Yes. Uh, Marvel Universe. You made some tea. You talked about the Marvel Universe. I went outside and put out some stuff to kill ants. And then you talked some more about the Marvel Universe. Uh, Then we sat down. You did some testing. And then you talked a little bit more about Black Widow and the Marvel Universe. This is my life, people. (laughs) Living with a person who loves the Marvel Universe. All right. So it is Saturday, July the 10th. This is after the show number 692 for a movie review podcast. We review a movie every week. And this week's movie, if you haven't guessed already from Sid Talk, is Black Widow. It's a 2021 movie. Uh, Its Blu-ray release is yet to be determined. It's available now on Disney+. Plus. You have to pay an extraordinary amount of money to watch it, Sid Talk. $29.99. Or you can go to the cinema and pay $70 or something like that. Whatever it costs. My goodness. It's PG-13 from our friends at Disney. You let us watch a copy early. You can all watch it now, by the way. It's out. So, Black Widow, synopsis, please, Sid Talk. Hmm. With sort of an origin story of the the Lady Black Widow. I'll give you the one off the Disney Plus site. All right. A film about Natasha Romanoff in her quest between the films Civil War and Infinity War. That's a really terrible See, synopsis. See, that, that is as close to being like mine as any of them ever have been. <laughs> I'm excited. Whew, I'm excited. Really boring synopsis, Disney. Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. Talk. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. All right. So let's ask you, Sid Talk, what mm-hmm. you thought of the movie Black Widow. I enjoyed it a lot. The end. I really did. <laughs> I know you always want you like always have to elaborate. extrapolation and exaggeration and whatever, whatever. But uh, I just really enjoyed it from the first minute of understanding her backstory, telling us that first part in sort of a quick, very quick, right? Like 10 minutes of like, boom, boom, boom. Here she is a kid. Here's what's going on. Oh, that's who she is. Because I don't know. Now, let's remind everyone. I have never read one single Marvel comic book. No. My exposure to Marvel, the world, the their little universe that they've made is exclusive to movies and television shows and you telling me You've stuff. seen every single item that Marvel put out in the movies. Correct. And you've seen all the TV shows. Correct. So I don't, you know, I don't have the fan person thing of Marvel versus DC or comics or comparing or anything like that. So what I have is I've seen a lot of testosterone, right? Lots of man power, which is fine. Lots of superheroes who are men. Very cool. I like them all. And now we have her like, and it's centered around not necessarily being a woman. Cause that sounds obnoxious, but her mission in this one is to, uh, well, let's just say save the world, the world of girls, the yeah. girls around the world. So 
I thought it was really good, really entertaining, lots of good fights. And you know me, I don't like fight scenes. It's really super boring, but there were some really good ones in this. I would say this movie has a lot, a lot of similarities between the Bond movies, the Bond movies, and like espionage thriller type movies in general. You know, that first fight that when um, Black Widow and Yelena have a fight in that room, mm -hmm. that was just like a Bond fight. Yeah, it was intense, close up personal, like Atomic Blonde, like Bourne. Yes. Uh, like original Bond in the train, Dr. No, in that train fight scene. Yeah. It's got a good heritage, the up close and very guttural fight scenes. Those I, I seem to like more than all the others. Yeah. And this Black Widow, it really felt like one of my favorite Marvel movies is Captain America Civil War. And the reason I really liked it, uh, as I said to you when we watched it, it's like one of those 1970s political espionage thrillers and less like a superhero movie. So when we wa uh, when we watched it, I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, it's got this vibe to it that's different to the other movies. And I feel Black Widow continues on. It, it, it's like that too. And I th also think Falcon and the Winter Soldier also continued. I think this, it feels like it's in this style, you know, they, mm -hmm. you know, it's superhero thing. But then again, a lot of the time it isn't. It's like a thriller. And I really like that about Black Widow. And Black Widow's full. I mean, it's chocker full of really cool action sequences. Mm -hmm. It opens with a really good one with a plane and a, an escape. That was really good. There's a bunch of fights. There's a really cool car chase. I know you're not into car chases, but I thought the car chase was great with the one that ends up in a subway. Yeah, my God. I was like, whoa, I've yeah. never seen that before. Never seen a car crash on the street and slide down the stairs into a subway station. That, that was pretty cool. Yeah, there's that. There's, I mean, it gets really explodey at the end. <laughs> There's a lot of like stuff going on at the end. It's, a, you know, it turns into a big time, massive budget Marvel movie, which, I, which is what I like about Marvel movies. And it did that. So it kind of like catered to everything for me. It had the small like espionage bit. It had the big fighty bit. It had a, a cool prison break, kind of like a heist, where they go in and get him out of there. You know, it had mm -hmm. really interesting characters. I liked how the whole the story of this really is like the Fast and the Furious movies. It's about family, right? It's, the whole thing's about family. Yes, absolutely. And it's about this family that are, they're not a real family. They're like a forced together family. And like you said, there was a scene where they were sat around the table eating dinner and you said, this family is really fucked up. <laughs> This is a fuck the and family. That's exactly what it is. Because you, it's it's really, really playing with anti-hero, anti-hero, whatever you call it, or anti-villains. You know, because if we're spoiling the story, are spoilers? We? Okay, so go watch the entire Marvel universe and then come back. We'll wait. Tick tock, tick tock. Never mind. She, as my understanding of who she was, right, was just that she was a very highly trained Russian agent who eventually turned against whoever trained her and then became like a do-gooder and then became an Avenger. That's it. That's my whole Black Widow story. So what you get here is that children are being stolen by this secret Russian agency and then being trained up by this horrible, disgusting man. And it turns out it's all girls because he says the world's most disposable, biggest resource of disposable, whatever, is little girls. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it's really creepy. Fuck. I mean, like, seriously. And the, here's the deal. In real life, there's a lot of people who think that. So that was really, really, oh, God, you know, terrible. So she, what we meet her as in this little family, like she's with her mom and her dad and her sister, and then all of a sudden they have to leave. Well, now we're bugging out, and then we find out they're not her parents, they're Russian agents. 
She yeah. and her she's sister. Asleep. She's in a sleep cell, as they call it. Yes. She's not even sisters with this little girl. They're just like fake. And the, the guy's mission was to get something and bring down some lab, which I know nothing about. Again, if you've read the comics, you might be more familiar with that whole, what he's talking about, the North Labs or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, they kind of like vaguely fill you in on it in this mm, movie. but Well, not at all. It's just he got some disc. Yeah. And that was it, really. So so that is where she comes from. And I was really fascinated by that to be like, OK, I get it. So that's all fucked up. And now we're getting back together. The mom, fake mom, is a scientist. She was also kidnapped and brainwashed by these people, like her whole life living it. The dad is sort of like a He's wannabe superhero who is Russia's only super soldier, right? So back in the day when super soldiers like Captain America got whatever, given the injection. We don't know his origin story. No, we do not. I'd be kind of interested. I feel like we're going to find out in the yeah, future. Yeah, because he was sort of Captain Russia, essentially, in his mind. But said. he's been stuck in like an old Russian prison forever by the powers that be. And he's just, he's like a dumb, he's not dumb. He's just sort of like clunky, I want to be the hero, you know, kind of guy. But then after a while, even though he seems pretty bad, you're like, okay, he's not so bad, I guess. I don't know. But he won me over in the he's end. The, he's right in the line of a buddy, super yes. villain slash super goody, right? Because if he was made into a super soldier against, well, unbeknownst to him as well, you know, everybody is a victim here. Yeah. essentially. So then you've also got, which was, which is my favorite thing in the movie, to be honest, the sister. Oh yeah. She's is, really good. Yeah. She's, she's really. I also know why you like her. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Midsommar is one of his favorite movies. But she is like very different. I mean, it shows you right from the very beginning that she's very different from Natasha. Mm -hmm. She's not really a sister. She's kind of forced upon sister but she's got a different attitude which is it's totally different right and the attitude is she's funny where natasha's pretty serious right mostly yeah but she's very funny and she's like really ballsy like she'll just attack anybody doing you know she's we have to remember in this story she has been under their control her entire life until the beginning of this movie when magically through the power of releasing her from his pheromonal hold or whatever he's done to her, their brains. She's only now lost all that where Natasha sort of had her whole life to realize how fucked up everything is. And she's just new to it. Like, wow, I've yeah. been controlled, you know, so she's got a little more bounce in her step. We'll she say. is like attitude, like a puppy dog that has just been let off its leash for the first time. Don't, I feel like that's insulting, but, um, but that's I get, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I catch like, what you're throwing, but well, I feel like that's not giving her enough credit. It's like she's like, <laughs> all this stuff's happening. I feel the opposite. I feel like she's like this tough mother trucker who's just like ready to go. But she's, what do you say instead of balls to the wall? What's a female version of that? Um, um, we won't say the V vagina. word. To, oh, I wasn't going to say that. Well, I mean, it's a medical uh, term. <laughs> it's not a rude term. <laughs> I guess I could say, I don't know. Vulva to the wall. Oh, my God. I mean, we're leaving this conversation this now. Is, we're, this done. Is we're done. We're done. She's very tough. We'll say that. Yeah. That sounds like, <laughs> I think that'd be a good name for a movie. No, don't say it anymore. Volvo to the wall. <laughs> you mean Volvo, like the car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Moving on. But she was my favorite thing. And obviously. Uh, oh, I think they're both really good. They are. But they're obviously, you know, spoilers. We've mentioned spoilers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so where this movie comes in in the timeline is 
straight after Civil War and before Black Panther. Is that right? Yes. So it's in that slot there. And as you all know, being Marvel fans, I hope you all know, later on, Endgame, uh, Natasha dies. So... That's a big spoiler. She's no longer with us. So we know, as fans of Marvel going into this movie, that it's probably going to end on a on a note of some kind. That... I mean, you think that, but we don't know for sure. Come on. No, but... Come on, it's Marvel. It's comics. I did good tribute. Like, I liked how we saw her at the end in the hero shot, and then it went to those... Uh, what, what are those things again? What? The uh, little, like... End cap? Firefly type things. Oh, yeah. Fireflies. I mean, it's mentioned. Lightning bugs. Is we're told we're right at the beginning that they're about what life or. Mm. She tells the little girl at the beginning that you know she says what are those and she says they're about life and the universe and and then we see like a hero shot of Natasha at the end and then we see the the fireflies in the things yeah as, as though to say her spirit lives on and then we cut to you know Florence Pugh which I'm assuming we're gonna you know we're assembling the new Avengers that's what we're doing it's a big comic thing. They had Marvel's Avengers, and then the new Avengers came later on, when most of the Avengers died or were, like, retired. They had to fill them in with some new ones. So what we're doing over the course of all this stuff right now is getting new Avengers together. And Florence Pugh is like, she's going to be perfect, right? I mean, I'm not you. I don't speculate. I will wait and see what happens. Uh, We've also got a new Captain America already. You see, we're assembling the team. Mm -hmm. It's just being assembled very slowly. And throughout different Wanda, actually, again, she's back and she, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing is getting assembled in front of our very eyes. And then eventually we're going to see some big battle. So I really like what they're doing. I thought this Black Widow story, I was thinking, because as we know, this got put on hold because of the pandemic. This movie's been made like two years. Yeah. So it was supposed to come way before these WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki. We were supposed to have seen this already, but I don't think it matters. Weirdly, it still fits because of where it takes place. Like it doesn't spoil anything. It doesn't ruin the continuity, I don't think. No. I mean, there's a stinger after the credits. Stay for the credits after the credits. And there is a stinger. And what's she called? A stinger. They call it a stinger at the end of a movie where they're trying to tease you up for something else. Okay. So there is that, and it features a character from one of the Marvel Disney Plus TV shows that you, when you saw this movie, if it did come out when it was supposed to, you wouldn't have known who she was, right? <laughs> True. <You know? laughs> but the way we saw it, we're like, oh yeah, we know who she is. So, you know, it, it would have been more mysterious, I guess, if you'd have seen it the other way around. But uh, I think it succeeded in everything. There's a there's a few things that I don't like, For but I think example, we'll go into that. I'll tell you the one thing I hated. Well, I think we'll go into that when we go into the cast, but the CG is very good on Marvel now, I think. You know, there's a, there's a lot. Still some flying bodies and a few, but I mean, I've kind of got into the groove of what they present to you. It it gets better. I think the the end sequence was like amazing. Like there's so many things happening. There's so many explosions. There's so many people flying through the air, and you know it's crazy. The mm-hmm. the um the prison break sequence was also cool, and you could I mean that was probably all CGI, right? I doubt there was anything real there. Oh yeah, but it still looked cool, and you know I've no complaints about. I'm not like oh well I don't like it because like everybody looks like a rubber swinging doll, and I mean there was that a little. There bit. is, but not I, too it, bad. Yeah, it's not. Not as bad as it used to be. And there's some cool, like, Mission Impossible spy gadget type Yeah, I love that. Things. I was like, oh, they got me. Yeah. They didn't usually get me on that stuff. I think that always gets me. It, it always... always uh, because, like, oh. um, well, I'm going to always call him Hopper. But um, he's like, what? What? Mm-hmm. What? 
I love that. <laughs> so yeah, I think it really was a, you know, I've been waiting for a new Marvel movie. It's been a long time since we saw one. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is an excellent one to come back with. And I think there's about, I think there's another four movies to come this year. They've really got them piled up. So as far as Marvel is concerned, I'm uh, still in love with it. And we're watching Loki at the moment, and it's also amazing. You know? It is. I mean, it's as good as the movies. It's crazy yeah, what they're doing. So good one, Marvel. Good one. Good on you. So let's go on to the cast, and this is where I might have a, a problem or two. Okay. But first, Scarlett Johansson plays Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. Uh, she's fantastic. She, I think this is her best performance of the Black Widow, because if you think about it, in the past, she they didn't really give her much. She had some fights. There wasn't a lot of like character development on True. Her. And this one, it's all about that, like you finding out who she is, her relationship with her phony family and all that, you know? So I think it's the best she's done. Aside from like maybe a death scene, which was very bad. I mean, tragic. <laughs> Did you like her? Which one? Which one? Scarlett Johansson, you know, the star of this movie. Yeah, she didn't have a death scene in this. In Endgame, I'm talking about. Oh, I was like, I was always confused. I'm like, who are we talking about? Oh, she's always good. I like her. Very I mean, good. I like watching her. I think that she feels really like she gets into it. I don't know. I don't know the lady personally, so I don't know. But she just seems like she's committed to like, I'm going to be this character. And I feel like she does it really well. Here's one thing I noticed. Might just be me. I'm a bloke. Maybe. The director of photography seemed to like Scarlett's bottom. A lot. Yeah. Uh, particularly the spot where her legs meet her crotch. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not. I was, I was like, like, am I just focus am I just focusing on this? Because it's very it's right in the middle I was of the like, screen is a this, lot. Is that just me? Am I just looking at a bottom? Or or am I being told? And to who look knows? At maybe she wrote that into her contract. Look, I've got a good ass <laughs> and I pay a lot of money to work out and I've exercised and I do all the right things. You will be utilizing this ass. That's hey, you know, your body's your own body. But I don't know. Yeah, it seemed a bit they were like, this cause this outfit looks so cool. I mean, so. to be fair though, the outfits were very cool. Very. Um, the white um, Black Widow suit, I thought was one of the better ones. Mm -hmm. She had a few different suits, actually. If you did a compilation of her over the years in the Avengers and all the movies, she's had a different suit in every single one because that's part of it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's how you sell action figures, Sid Talk. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm naive. I don't know. Oh, okay. Thank you for clearing that up for me. My favorite thing in the movie, Florence Pugh, stars as Yelena Belova. She's a sister, not sister. Uh, fantastic. I will just say that. Fantastic. Yeah. She is funny. There's any of the funny lines mostly from this movie come from her, I think. And I was her, and I was really glad to see her do like kind of like the range from upset and emotional and mad and funny because in S Midsommar, we mostly just get her feeling very tragic. Depressed. Very, very depressed. Yeah. If you've not seen Midsummer, you might call it Midsummer like he does, but that's not correct. It's challenging, but it's it's, it's fantastic little movie, but it's not one of those like it's not a Marvel movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> it will not cheer up the children. Don't watch it with the children. No, but she's a real standout in that too, and mm -hmm. I'd never seen her before that movie, so like this is the second movie I've ever seen her in, so but she's fantastic in this. Funny, like you say, sad sometimes. I don't know about this whole movie. There's some really dodgy Russian accents. Come on. Well, I don't know, because I think if I spoke Russian and I was Russian, I would notice it more, but I was just giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of like Russian speaking people talking just in a Russian accent, but in American, like uh, instead of going into Russian when they're talking to each other, mm. where I was like, wouldn't they be speaking in Russian if everybody in the room is Russian? Right. But that is a movie thing, isn't it? It is really. We just have to accept that It's something sometimes. that we can't let go of or something, right? 
Yeah. Like, we can't have too many subtitles. It'll just put people off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here we go. Here's another great thing about this movie. Rachel Weiss as Melina Vostokov. She was very funny also. Yeah, she was very good. She made me laugh, like, several times. Yeah. I was like... I liked her. Yeah, especially that at the end where, the, where she like they say to her, is everybody all right? And she goes, as you can see, I am injured. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hello, I am. <laughs> but um, she was really good. Like, Are we in love with this movie? Because it sounds like we're in love with this movie. Kind of unexpected because I wasn't sure what she was at the beginning. Like, I mean, you saw her at the beginning. She's the mother who's looking after the children. But, but she's then- not. But uh, yeah, exactly. And then afterwards, when we do meet her again, I'm like, oh, why is she horrible? Or is she? Because yeah. <laughs> she doesn't, you don't, can't really put a gauge on her. Until, Correct. And then talking of not being able to put a gauge on, David Arbor plays Red Guardian. Hopper. I mean, he'll yeah. always be Hopper to me. Yeah, Hopper. Lily Allen's husband, I'll call him. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a whole other name for him. Yes, I'm sure he appreciates that we don't just call him by his name, but hey. He's great as Hopper. And I really liked this. Does anyone kid. know what we're talking about? He is Hopper from Stranger Things. Uh, I think everybody Stranger knows Things is a television show. <laughs> this red. I feel like the Russian accent, I was buying it from him, but I don't know. No, I, I wasn't. But I just had to give up on buying any Russian accents. <laughs> I was like, is this is just that, that phony, like, you know, movie Russian accent that everybody does. But uh, this Red Guardian character, I was really into it. I was like, at the beginning, when he's just dad, and then he picks up that big thing, and you're like, oh shit, he's a superhero. Like, I didn't know he was a superhero at the beginning, right? Right. He picks yeah, up no, this not giant, at all. Yeah, he picks up like a big metal thing and throws it, and you're like, whoa, who is this guy? <laughs> and then who like, is he? later on when he gets his costume, and you know, it's kind of a bit goofy, his costume, which I like. Because not all superheroes have to be, like, cool. This is a bit goofy. I mean, he wants to be cool. He wants to be cool, but it doesn't quite... He doesn't quite pull it off. But then when he's needed, he's strong, and he, you know, deals with anything. So I really like that character. I'd like to see... I'd like to see a Red Guardian movie. You know, I Uh think he could pull one off on his own. Who else we got? We got Olga Kurilenko, who is a Russian lady. She plays Taskmaster. She's the daughter of the baddie. And did you figure that out pretty quickly, that Taskmaster... I did not. I'm happy to say. I usually go like, oh, I know what this is all about. I did not. I was very excited. Did you think it was a man as well? No, I thought it was a woman. Right. I felt like in this movie, we are championing the toughness of women. So, I mean, which is fine with me. And I was like, yeah, I'm... And then when it was revealed, I'm like, that's cool. I got it. Right. Uh, she's from Quantum of Solace. She was a Bond girl in that. Right. I always liked her since then. And I really like what they did with the, um, I, was, I guess it was CG on her face, not makeup. Yeah. Like a, but yeah, in this movie, she'd been in a traumatic accident. And then she was turned into this pretty much like the Terminator. It just mm-hmm. comes for you, right? And then finally, this is probably the problem I have with the movie. And You're going to say what I'm going to say. Ray Winstone, who plays the baddie. And I would have to say, and I'm not as you uh, don't love Ray Winstone. (laughs) I don't mind him. There are some things, Fool's Gold and Crystal Skull, which I think he is garbage, complete garbage in those movies. Mm -hmm. It's like he's like the Three Stooges or some shit. In this movie, I think he's playing like a a B-grade Bond villain. That's what it felt like to me. If he was in a Bond movie, I'd be like, oh yeah, there's Ray Winstone in a Bond movie. And he's not being very good. That's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of low-rent baddie. I like the motivations of the baddie and all that stuff. Ray Winstone does the worst Russian accent in this movie. Sometimes he's from East End of London. Sometimes he's not. It's really weird. Like, it can change from sentence to sentence like he couldn't do it. So that bugged me a lot. 
but I liked the creepiness of the way the character was written. It's just I don't think he brought that much to it. So you're you're. What am I going to say? Well, go on. What did I say after the movie was over? That you don't like him. (laughs) I didn't just say that. You said he was shite. I do think he's shit, and I do not understand the appeal. Yes, we've seen a couple of movies where his character, whatever he's done, seems right, right? Yes. But he's just not good. I mean, people explain to me he's got, I mean, yes, this character is absolutely loathsome. I mean, that's one thing, but he's loathsome in most movies. Think about it. Think about it. He plays really horrible characters almost all the time, right? Yes. Tough, so you have horrible to, characters. Yes. It's not just a tough guy. He's absolutely not. He mumbles. He's a fucking, he just, it's like, and I don't want to say he's him because this character is really horrible, but I'm just saying he's just being that old school, over the top, jerky villain, slobbering at the mouth. And maybe it's because when I was a girl, my dad was kind of like that, like a drunken bully who would mumble and say these nasty, hateful things, right? So, so maybe you're projecting some I of might your be, but it. the thing is, I've seen lots <laughs> of other people be nasty characters and then be different characters, and I'm I'm totally on board with that. He's just not very good, and I do not. I, I would like for somebody to show me if this goes back to the 70s or the 80s when he has been absolutely amazing in a variety of roles, please point me in that well, direction. It was in a movie called Scum, which um, you have probably not seen. It's a prison movie from the from Britain in the 70s. Right. And he was very young in it. And he was terrifying. He was, it was the first time I ever saw him. Terrifying? But does it make him good? Uh, See, I this is my was, question. At the time, I was like, oh my God, this guy. Like, it's amazing. This performance. Um, and that was one that always stood with me. Like, he, he was excellent in that. But I mean, he was young. He was probably like, 19, 20. Right, right, but was he good because it was just super impactful or was he good because he was good? There's a very big difference. It sticks in my mind. It's almost like Begbie sticks in my mind. I'll, that character is just... Right, like, but that actor has done a lot of different things and is convincingly high quality in a lot of different types of roles. Very right. varied roles. Some really shitty ones too, but... I just haven't seen a Winston, and I, I I apologize if he's listening right now, but it is what it is. Sorry, Mr. Raymond Winston. <laughs> and then this is directed by a female director, Kate Shortland. She's famous for like TV shows and shorts. She's not really done big movies, so it's like Marvel seem to like that people who are you know new on the scene, mm-hmm. or, and then they take them and let them make a big Marvel movie. So yeah, female directed, female led mostly, right? Seems like it. Um, and I liked the direction of this. I liked the style. I liked the way it was. Everything about it, I really liked. I, I can't really say I was. There was any moment where I was like, eh, "This is losing me," or mm. it was always fun to watch. Fun, kind of like the idea of it is really awful. Like the Abs- the baddies plan and the you know and that again feels like a Bond movie. If you there are many times in this movie it feels like a Bond movie to be honest, including down to the Bond. She's watching a Bond movie in, <laughs> yeah. in a room. Like there's an actual Bond clip from Moonraker. So yeah, it's very Bondy. Let's say. <laughs> I was trying to say to you, um, oh, let me find other connections to Bond. Okay, I'll find some. Rachel Weisz is married to Daniel Craig, who is James Bond. There's one. And Olga Kurienko is a Bond girl. 
There's probably more if you look closely. <laughs> David Arbor, I, Harbor, I think, will possibly be a Bond villain in his time at some point. Why? I, I just feel like he, you know, when they look for uh, Begbie. He, there you go. I just mentioned Begbie. Begbie Maybe was, he was more of a puppet to another baddie, a woman who was the bad guy in that That's one. True. Begbie. Um, <laughs> he does have a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Begbie to me. So IMDb reviews, what are those? Reviews on IMDb that you like to read Why when they have one star. Like because I have to say it every single week. It is just one star reviews that you find hilarious. That people take the time of their life to write a thing like, this movie is a waste of my time, period. All right, so these... <laughs> These are the people who give Black Widow a 1 out of 10. I disagree with anybody giving this movie a 1 out of 10. I disagree wholeheartedly. Fully and completely. This person says, You'd expect that the screenwriters would come up with something extra special when they managed to get Scarlet starring in her own Marvel movie as the Black Widow. But no, just another generic movie. Okay. There was one under our belt. Second person says, Horrible from start to finish. The end. <laughs> that, that's super productive right there. I love it. Uh, what else we got? We got extremely weak Marvel movie. It felt as though the director watched a Roger Moore era Bond movie and just copied it. You never felt that any of the main characters were in danger, and the villain's motivation was very Doctor Evil, including an evil lair. I do agree with that. Poorly directed and choreographed fight scenes. Meh. Disagree with that. I mean... Actually, I feel like this movie was not, it was trying to go for the Bond formula, including mm -hmm. the evil lair. That was actually what it was going for. You could right. tell watching it. And that doesn't make it good or bad. No. I mean, I'm not a big fan of copying off of things, but I mean, we are talking about a world where there's, you know, the espionage and the spying and the double agents and all that kind of stuff. So I can buy into it. This person... I don't know which world or universe this person lives in, <laughs> but he does say, I love the first Black Widow movie. Period? Period. That's it. All right. No, it's not, not over. But this one is nowhere near as good. Now, there isn't a first. Oh, I, yeah, I hadn't uh, even caught on to what uh, you were saying there. Fantastic. So I don't know where. Uh, take me to the world <laughs> where the other Black Widow movie exists. I want the other one, please. Yeah. So I don't know what he's that talking about. That is funny. And then finally, Marvel made another pointless movie. This thing is too long and it is boring. All right, so that's the, they're the one star people. We're going to give it a score now. I'm going to give Black Widow a nine out of <gasps> 10. That's super high praise right there. I'm giving it an eight though. So, because I, I give it an eight for it is what it is. It's, it's high a, quality action, superhero slash comic book, hero story story. So, yep. there you go. So, there are no extras because this was streaming, but you can go to Disney Plus and watch this right now. Thanks to Disney for letting us watch it. Next week, we're going to review another summer blockbuster, and it's The Tomorrow War. You remember that? You know anything about this one, Sid Talk? I know. Oh, well, it's another big blockbuster. So there we go. Movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of this movie. So I'm going with Midsommar. <laughs> Shocking. Because uh, Florence Pugh is the star of that one. I love that movie. And I've said to you, there's a four hour director's cut coming out. When that comes out, we're watching it again. I am making the decision. Oh my. And my other one is, uh, thinking of Rachel Weiss is The Lobster. Oh yeah. Which are very weird movies for me to recommend if you, you know, off the back of Black Widow, but because they are <laughs> yeah. both very strange movies. <laughs> yeah. But The Lobster is extremely strange, but very cool as well. I really liked it. Is that your guy? Is that Ant-Man? In The Lobster, it's, no, it's um, uh, Colin Farrell. Oh yes, it is. Yeah. You're right. It's really good. It's just the weirdest thing. 
you have no idea what is happening. Nah, you have no, no. you have no idea. <laughs> That's what makes it so good, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. And mine are because this uh, this whole of 2021, I'm just going back to the 80s and picking movies off a list of movies I've seen. The quality is not what I'm recommending. It's just the movies on the list. And today I came up with Modern Problems, which was sort of a, we're going to use your word from earlier, a dank 80s comedy with Chevy Chase. I'm sure, I mean, I've seen it. He gets some nuclear waste on him and then he can like move things with his mind. I've never seen this. Yeah, it's just lame, but you know, it's one of those from the 80s and Diner from 1982. We're finally moving to 1982. I'm I'm in July and I'm only just made it to 1980. I have seen Diner. Yeah. It is very of its time, but it's one of those that was so different, right? It's just a bunch of dudes and they're in college and coming out of college whatever and you you'd have to see it, it was, as an adult like my age now. If I watched it originally, I'd probably find it pretentious, you know? Yeah. Like they're sort of the equivalent of how people look at millennials in this generation or 20 years ago, how they looked at Generation X. Hello. I think that's us, right? Et cetera, et cetera. So I would look at these guys and be like, what a bunch of obnoxious twats. But then, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but it was high quality, I'm sure, at the oh. time. All right. So Ace Scully stuff, I've been playing a new game on the play. Well, it's not a new game. This game's been out for a couple of years, but it's called Persona 5. And I've been playing this on the PlayStation 5, but it's a PlayStation 4 game. It's a Japanese RPG. It's about high school life in Japan. And these high school students have figured out there's this weird dimension in the school that you can kind of slide into. And it's like you're inside somebody's mind. So one of the teachers in the school is Let's say misbehaving. Uh, that's undercutting it. He's molesting people in their yeah. minds. So let's... It's horrible. No, not not in the mind. He's molesting people in real life. Oh, that was a, the this world created inside your mind. Well, he's been doing it in real life. We went into his mind through this dimension to put a stop to it, basically, on the inside of his mind. That's what Okay, the, so he's not just being misbehaving. Don't undercut it. It's a game about a guy who molests young girls. Well, it's absolutely disgusting. That's but part I mean, of it. the game is cute, which is weird. But yeah, that's what it's about. Well, it's that, not. That's the whole. That's the first baddie. Well, right? I was trying to say it without spoiling. Oh, then you just like. Well, there say we it. go. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said misbehaving. Oh, so you go into like this weird dimension. It's a turn-based RPG, and yeah, it is really cute. It's like anime style, but it, I mean, it's very adult. It's not for the kiddies. Um, and I've completed the first boss, which is this guy. And apparently, from what I just read, I am only. 10% done with the game. Mm. I've spent 13 hours. So if you do the math, that's over 100 hours this game. So I'll report on it throughout the year as I play it. But as of now, I'm having fun. Apart from, I did die a lot in the first area. I mean, so much that I had to do a three-hour section twice. Exactly the same thing twice. Right. I almost just thought, nah, I'm not doing it. But I was so intrigued by the story, I just wanted to carry on. So uh, that doesn't usually happen. The other game I did get this week, which I haven't played yet, but I'll mention it, is Resident Evil 8, Sid Talk. Mm. So that's a new Resident Evil game. I have installed it on my computer, just not played it yet. So next week I'll talk about that one. And finally, we've been watching a TV show this week. This is not a new TV show. It's been out for like a year and a half. It's just been sat like in our queue and we've just been waiting to watch it. And it is... Season two of The Purge, which is... The you said that with such vigor. 
It's the TV show based on the movie series made by the same people and the same film company. So essentially, it is just another installment of the movies. What do you think of The Purge? It is ultra, is very violent. Now, this is on USA, so it's just a regular cable channel show. However, it's very violent. Of course, the idea of The Purge is one night of the year in America, the powers that be, which of course is a big tyrannical thing that every single movie and television show is trying to tear down, right? The NFFA. Yeah. So one night of the year, all crime is allowed. Now, there are some people who are exempt, of course, the government officials and whatnot, but everything is okay. Like, you will not get punished if you murder 50 people. Or Now, they've never said, we've never seen anybody blow up like a big thing, like a like an airport or anything like that. No, so I don't know, is that illegal? Because we don't know the rules of every purge. We haven't heard it said, but they're overseeing like this NFFA people, they're watching everything. So if you are split second after the time and you're committing a crime, then your crime is like death. Like if you commit a crime any other day of the year, I think your crime, your, your punishment is very severe. Yeah. So it's all crammed into one night. And so this society is obsessed with preparing for the purge, planning for it, and plotting against people. And, you know, that's all it is. But I really like the concept. I like the way they do it. It's got some bad acting and it's kind of cheap sometimes, but I don't mind because I know, really I like the story. I, I think would it's fascinating. Uh, also say that the movies have got some bad acting and a cheap oh, sure. times also. Sure, sure. So it's just a like a, a how it is. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> part mean, of it. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree. There's some bad acting, but I'm actually very into the three stories that they're telling at once. Mm -hmm. And they're telling three stories at the same time, basically, and they're very different stories. But they all converge. Yeah, but they're not similar in any way, really, aside from they're going to end up at The Purge. But I really like that. So that's season two of The Purge. And unfortunately, it got cancelled. Ah, well, I mean... It looks expensive a little bit, even though it feels cheap, but it seems yeah. expensive. And the idea, it's it cuts pretty close to a lot of people's political and religious things. No. You know, you can't always go out there USA having freedom of speech. Goodness forbid. USA Network said that um, they, can they canceled a bunch of dramas last fall after this one came out. And it's not to do with it. The they didn't cancel The Purge because of anything. It was because they were cutting back on drama mm. and they're going more into reality shows. Right. So Jason Blum, who runs the Blumhouse thing, said that The Purge will probably end up somewhere else, but mm. USA are not going to show it. So uh, what's for dinner, said Doc? Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's. We're not an adver advertisement for Jimmy John's. We're not. Right? That's why I'm not really bigging it up. It's just, All right. We're so gonna, well, you know why? Because they'll deliver. What? For $2. <laughs> what's your advice? My advice isn't really advice. It's an observation. I think I've said before how other people, every individual person that you meet in your life has an almost fictional version of you that they walk away with, right? Everyone, a fictional version because it's not all of you. You have known me for 22 years. You're my husband, um, if anyone didn't know that. So you know one version of me, one part of me. You didn't know me in my younger years. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't a different person. I did a lot of different things, right? So my right. friends who have known me, and because they're my best of friends for most of my entire life, since I was like 13 or 14, um, and one is my cousin who's been my friend since we were born, because she's two weeks younger than me. They know a different version of me, a different fiction. There's a, a fiction that you create of people, right? Because you know this, that, and the other, and you've been around them, and you've seen their behavior. You walk away, you carry that with you. But they don't know how I am with you necessarily. And even if I'm with them and you're there, everybody's a little bit different. Like when I'm with them and they're with their spouses or their partners, they're different. 
than they are when we're just us together. Right. right. And that makes it sound like, well, you then are the you're the master of the all of you. You're you're the ma- you know, all of you so well. Right. You're the only one who would know all of you. But actually, we don't like I don't know my potential. Like I know how I react to certain personality types. It's not good. I'm a very cut and dry person. If I've made a judgment about you, I don't mean but judgment like you deserve punishment for how you are, but judgment as in, oh, I don't have time for this person. I don't like this. Oil and water, I'm out, right? Very quickly, I make this judgment. And that's just, I'm comfortable with that as part of who I am. I have no problem with that. I don't, I'm not an apologizer. I don't say I'm sorry very much. I'm not a hugger. I don't like kittens and puppies. I don't have any children. I have a desire to have children. You know, all these things that I'm 100% good with. And yet, I don't even know my potential for things like if I were to meet someone who I'm absolutely like, nope, (laughs) no. And there's a few, right? At work even. Yeah. Uh, Well, one. We'll say one. (laughs) And I don't know my potential. And I'm going to thank Sarah Silverman for this. Because she'll even admit, like, she's difficult and she can be a bitch and everything, right? You know, but then her advice to one person the other day was, you know, just be, see them a different way. Like, they're probably traumatized or they've got some problems. So just maybe be nice to them. Like, is it that hard to just be nice? Even even if your only instinct is to be like, ugh, you know, ugh, I'm walking away. You get on my nerves. You make me grit my teeth. I'm, ugh. Well, just don't do that. Just take a breath. And whatever nice is, because I'm not particularly a nice person either, but I mean, whatever that interpret, whatever I interpret that as. So I don't know my potential for that. I don't even know my whole self. Am I capable of that? Right. Am I even capable of sort of like splitting, making my own multiverse, so to speak, of like, well, this is how the timekeepers have decided. I'm going with Loki here. We're talking. This is how the timekeepers have decided that I am. This is Cindy Lee Redding Hayes. Right. This is how she is. And I'm convinced of that. Right. But maybe I make a little split and a little go divergent and be like, okay, even if it takes all of my energy and effort, I'll just try it and uh, see what happens. That could be a whole new, a whole addition to what I think I know about myself, right? right? To add to the the truth about me instead of my fiction where I'm like, oh no, once I don't like somebody, that's it. Even though I'm comfortable with that. But yeah, so you don't even know your whole self. You don't know your potential. Not really. All right. Thank you. Is that you advice? For your That's advice. not advice. Thank you. Thanks. You can catch us on aschoolie.com, anchor.fm slash after the show. We're on all the podcast networks, Spotify, iTunes, the whole lot. You can catch us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Email feedback to me at aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't like you. That isn't true. And stay classy, Miss Mrs. Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh. How about just are, to these two people that you admire? Who are the stars of this movie, which I give a nine out of ten to. So go and watch it. <laughs> and uh, I'll just plug in here too. If you like pictures of flowers and shit like that, I do some gardening. And so if you go on my Instagram, which is Sid Talk, C-I-D-T-A-L-K, that's what you're going to get. Um, it's, a, it's a nicer, softer version of me. <laughs> the gardening part of me again i didn't even know i had it in me to garden right a whole whole other branch of my reality came out when i started gardening so that's a side thing and uh think for yourself because if you don't do it someone will do it for you 